we've collected for the for the fitness industry, I'm proud to say $8 million in trials and challenges. So, you know, we employ almost a hundred people, um, you know, 90% are overseas, you know, the, in the Philippines, those are all of our sales reps. You need someone that's got industry specific knowledge. So for you, you know, the listeners are going to hurt a lot of coaching. You need someone that's got deep knowledge in that. Like that's really hard to train up from cold. Like they know nothing about the industry. They know nothing of the offer. What tends to work well is it's a student who got amazing results and that conviction will come out on that sales call. They're like, this program changed my life. Here's why you need this coach. They're going to change your life. And they're almost like a salesman crossed over with a testimonial. Like those are great high ticket closers or someone who's done high ticket closing. And now they're just changing companies. They're like, I closed there. Now I'm going to apply my skill set here. If you want to build a legitimate, profitable online business without shiny objects, without the hypey gimmicks, and without the stress and overwhelm, if you want to make more money without having to be present online all day, every day, pumping out content that nobody sees and hustling DMs to generate leads and sales, then this is the place for you. Welcome to the Digital Trailblazer Podcast, your online business university, where you'll learn how ordinary people start from ground zero with no influence, no email list or audience to sell to, and no business or marketing experience, and go from working nine to five jobs to building successful six and seven figure online businesses and all the steps in between. Learn the strategies that worked and what didn't, learn the mistakes that they made and how to avoid them, and then learn their plans for scaling their businesses and taking things to the next level all so that you can build your business faster and easier and make more money without sacrificing the things that are important to you in your life. I'm your host, Leah Ray Getz, and with me is my husband, Todd. Now let's get to it with today's guest. Hey, Digital Trailblazers, it's Leah Ray Getz, and with my with me is my husband, Todd, and today we have our guest, Dustin Bogle. Dustin, go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. Let, let them know what you're all about. Thank you, thank you for having me here. And so, yeah, I uh, am a fitness coach first, a gym owner second, and then uh, now helping people with digital marketing and uh, putting sales reps into their business. So doing a little bit more of that B2B type of world now. And so eventually, you know, climbing up these staircases of different identities through the years. And then we're going to be stepping into investor uh, here pretty soon. So kind of cool for anybody that's at the beginning stage or far along that, you know, uh, you're, you're also an investor. I, I've walked in your shoes, so uh, excited to be here and excited to help out and add as much value as I can. Okay, awesome. So tell us about how you got started. So you were a gym owner to begin this journey, is that correct? Yeah. So, I mean, even going backwards a little bit, um, first, I was 50 pounds overweight in high school. And so somebody invited me to go to the gym, kind of seeing that I needed a little bit more like mentorship and and probably a little bit of like man guy time because I was just like a lone wolf. I kind of put my hoodie on. I didn't talk to anybody. I was super socially awkward. And it's because I wasn't confident in my body. And then I went and got in shape and started training with them and over six months lost those 50 pounds. And that was when I decided I I want to give people this gift because I felt the vibrancy it brings you. You're more energetic. You stand taller. You're prouder of yourself. You know, you talk nicer to yourself. You're not saying such nice things when you don't like what you see in the mirror. And it just carried over into all areas of my life. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best drug. Everyone needs to have this. I need to get this into many people's hands. And in an effort to make it as easy as possible, I started my first business where I actually drove to people's homes and I was their trainer in their home. But I saw why that was faulty because unless you're some sort of rich celebrity, they just see problems and they can't focus. Like kids are running around, they see a pile of laundry, like they could never get in the zone. That's kind of one of the blessings you go to the gym there's nothing to do there except work out you can't get distracted there's just equipment and weights and just move some of it so i quickly pivoted and and got a job as a trainer at a gym and then built up my clientele eventually went and opened my first boot camp and then over a period of six years opened six boot camps in the southern california area which is some of the most competitive area for fitness industry um and so one of the things i know we're going to talk about is like marketing campaigns and like how did i get these gyms to go self-funded and then also helped me to fund the next gym well it was a lot of my marketing campaign and what i did to open these things with 200 to sometimes 300 members from day one and the that you know helped me was i went down the rabbit hole of marketing and sales where most gym owners go down the rabbit hole of just learning more about training and nutrition and then they stay stuck broke and they kind of stay just stuck in their career and i realized i needed the other tools like i knew enough 
to get people results, there's no needing to keep going down this rabbit hole over and over. I need to go over here and I need to learn business. That's how I'm going to grow. Well, so before we get even to the next, the current phases you're working on now, I'm curious on, to understand how did you launch gyms? Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, gym failure rates are pretty high. Oh, yeah. And then not to mention, they got smashed by COVID. Ursa is a big company in our industry, and they projected that 30,000 gyms closed during COVID. And, um, you know, it just destroyed the, destroyed the, the industry. And what I kind of like, like to tell people who have a brick and mortar and they survive through it is like, you're resilient AF, which is awesome, but your competition kind of got watered down. And so that's good for you. You took more market share. And that's what a lot of these gyms do. They started pulling in other clients from other gyms that closed and that helped them have a more successful business. But what we're kind of seeing as a trend there is, there is a lot of success still with large group training, but like, I think it also got people to think more like I'm willing to pay more to have less people in the room. And so what's really taking off in our industry is small group training and PT. Um, far more people would rather be in a room of eight or less versus being in the mega 20, 30 person bootcamp session. So you're, you're seeing gym owners follow that trend and they're opening more small group and PT studios and you're seeing less large group training facilities open. Um, but you know, to go to your question, how did I do it? Well, the first thing I kind of ca caught on to back then was this crazy thing called Facebook ads and they were dirt cheap and I would get leads for a dollar. And then they used to pay on the page, which was crazy. Like I would just send them the landing page and they just pay and then they just show up. Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And I just dumped every dollar profit we had into that machine to just create a flywheel. And then basically gave me the money. I didn't need to go get a loan. I had my own money to go open location to. And I have two location selling challenges. Well, now it's easy to go get three, but there, there was failures and we can dive into that. But, you know, first to go to your question, we did big six week challenge to open up the gym. Um, a lot of gyms, I think they do it wrong. They come into town, they say, we're here, get on our founding membership, get on our charter membership. People have even tried you out and you're asking for a 12 month commitment. And so they'll, they'll, they'll try to lure you because the price is low or you'll never see these prices again. But like, what's the experience like? Do I even like the coaches? Do I like your style of training? So I'm a believer more like sell a trial, blow their mind, and then everybody's going to become a member on the back end of that. So I would come in and do a six-week challenge. And, you know, I would sell these things for usually it was like 150 to 200, depending on which, you know, area I was in. But, you know, <clears throat> uh, that that's pretty much the, 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 the thing is like, I would go in and I would say to myself, okay, I am most owners are spending more of their money on the equipment and the design and the aesthetics. I'm going to get the basics of what I need. I'm going to get a the barbell and a rig. I'm going to get some dumbbells. I'm not going to make it like the, the prettiest looking place, but it, it will get people results. What I was more concerned about was like the music, the energy. I was like, I need a speaker in every corner. This place needs to be rocking. Like we need to put on a show for these people because they're coming in and they're, they're drained of energy. Like they're tired like if they're early in the morning. They woke up at the crack of dawn. They're exhausted. Or you get them late at night and they're tired after a day of working and commuting. So either way, you get tired people. I need to shock their senses. I need to wake them the hell up and like ring their ears with loud music. And so I was more concerned about the energy than the room versus like all the fancy equipment. Um, so I'd go to a new area and I'd say, okay, ten to fifteen thousand dollars is going into the grand opening budget on Facebook ads. And again, this is when I could get leads for a dollar to seven dollars on the high end. Um, I would drop 10 grand, I'd get a thousand leads, no problem. That's, you know, $10 leads that I'm getting. And, you know, that was on the high end. Sometimes it was even cheaper and I'd get more, I'd get 2,000, 2,500 leads. Back then, I mean, I could get 50% of the people to buy the six week challenge. And so, you know, I would close 200, 300, even up to 500 people to buy a six week challenge. And so, boom, right out of the gate, like I'm cash flow positive. I never experienced the day of being in the negative. And it was because I learned the skill of marketing. So, you know, the average I would say is 200. Well, I mean, that's $40,000 in front end revenue. If I get 200 people in that town to buy a $200 six week challenge, boom, we brought 40 grand. And then after that, we would at least have half of them become members, but we were closer to 70% on our conversions. And so our membership was right around, you know, $150 a month. So when I got 150 people paying me $150 a month, we're at 22K. You know, in our industry, we call it EFT, electronic funds transfer. That's how many people are on like MRR. They're being auto-built. My business is at 22. 
usually that's the what I needed to cover rent, payroll, all my expenses. So I'm breaking even, and then I'm I'm cash flow positive from that day forward. So it became a snowball where if I repeated that in three cities, it was like I could wait 90 days and I'd have the funds to open gym four. Like, and it just got easier and easier. And so, um, but again, I know the people who are listening to this, like we all are having to learn the same skills, sales and marketing. So hopefully that's a little less in that, like how valuable these tools can be in these skills if you, if you learn them. Right. Yeah. I think that's a, a pitfall that a lot of people fall into is that they, well, number one, they like whatever they're an expert at, which is good, but I think they fall into the trap of just only learning more about that, like how to be a better coach and how to do whatever, whatever. It's like, good. Can you get people results right now? Yes. Do you have any clients? Well, no. Okay. It's because you don't know how to market. So yes, your lifetime, you're going to learn lots more about this content, uh, concept. But right now, if you can get people results, but you just don't have clients, let's switch our focus a little bit. Like let's learn some business stuff. Let's learn how to market. Let's learn how to bring in clients so that you can have a business. You can actively be serving people and you're going to learn more through that experience and anything in a course that you, you do anyway. So I think your your gym story is awesome. So how did you, like, where did you go after six gyms? And and how did you, you know, make that next transition? Well, th- this is where I like to share a failure story because it sounds like life is good and death and life is beautiful and he's banking rolling, you know, and like uh, actually is where I learned a really hard leadership lesson because I, I got too focused on few things and that was marketing sales. And so what happened is I just put coaches in this room with a bunch of equipment and I'd go on and take my focus away. I didn't put a manager or a leader in charge. And so you could probably see where this is going. Culture started going down. People are cutting corners. People are coming in late. We had people show up under the influence. We had people show up high. We have coaches sleeping with clients. And so all the headaches of, um, you know, that we all probably have seen in, in our own way of employing people. Um, and so that was my, me, I'm very optimistic. I'm trusting. And I had to learn to kind of lean a little bit towards my pessimistic side and have the trust, but verify mindset. Like, Hey, I trust you seem like a good person, but I'm going to verify you're doing what you said you did. And so, um, that was a hard learning lesson for me. In fact, we even had to close a gym within one year because I could not find a good leader to run it. And so essentially you have, you know, sometimes in business, you got to know when to fold them. And, you know, that that was a hard lesson there. So, again, sounded like everything's going good and I'm just printing money. But that's where, you know, business comes and punches you in the face and say, hey, like, you got to learn this crazy thing called leadership and management and systems and an org chart. And that was all the stuff I ignored. You know, my early uh, years as an entrepreneur, I just thought I can outmarket and outsell any problem that comes up. There's a problem I could just throw money at it. You can't buy culture, right? Like this is something that has to be guarded and taught and protected and fostered and enforced. So that that's kind of where things kind of changed. Managing, I think, punches a lot of entrepreneurs in the gut <laughs> because you're really good at what you do. You start to build a business around it. You're you're you, you're in your jam. You're doing great, and now it's time to keep growing. And now you have to manage people, and they are not in love with your business to the level that you are, and they, you know. It's it's hard because I think so many of us as entrepreneurs are like go getters. Like we have a goal, we're gonna figure it out, we're gonna make it work, we're gonna, you know, just stay positive and and you know focused. And then you bring in people and they're they're not you, <laughs> and it's not in their business, and they're just there to get a paycheck in the end. And so learning how to create that culture, how to manage, you know, slow to hire, quick to fire, you know, the all the stuff that comes along this journey. Um, you know, the bigger you get, the more success you get, the bigger problems you have. And I think people, when they're like, yeah, I'm making 22000 a month. Or I'm doing, okay, now, now you're hiring a team. Like now you're taking on an employee. Now you're doing this. And that's a whole other level of your growth needed to be able to sustain that and to be able to really build it long term. So, yeah. And I think, I mean, that's a whole nother skill set too. Uh, you know, when you get to that level, when you start bringing on employees. And uh, I know in, in our niche, like in the coaching, uh, niche where you're, you've got call centers and you're hiring a sales team and things like that. There's a lot of companies out there that are advertising, you know, you know, we'll train up your setters or we'll provide call centers for you and we'll book calls on your calendar and blah, blah, blah. And, and they kind of give you this impression that if you hire them, you don't have to do anything. Like they'll just find people, they'll know what to do and things will be great. And you'll, you know, your calendar will be full of appointments. 
And, you know, we've, <laughs> we've tried more than a few of those and time and time again, what we, you know, cause we expect that, okay, so they have experience, they know what to do. They know, you know, they know what to say, they know the process. And, and so like the, I remember the very first setter that we hired, uh, he had experience, he seemed like he knew what he was doing. And so we just kind of let him go. And after a couple of days, it was like, why do we not have any book calls? What is he doing? Like, <laughs> like we had no idea, you know, we just expected that he would do his thing and we could trust him to do it. And, and we could just do our thing and it would be self-managed. And it's just, it is not that way at all. Yeah. You can't outsource leadership. You can't outsource giving a crap about your business. And, uh, yeah. And, and so, you know, one thing that I then learned was, um, giving a piece of the pie to the, to the people to get that engagement, that get that buy-in because high performers, want to be compensated appropriately and so um you know i heard it from i, I believe it was elon musk he said he want to own 100 percent of a grape or you know a quarter of a watermelon and so you know like we all hang on to equity and profit share because like it's all mine i want all mine but it's a smaller business where if you gave pieces of it and this pie became way bigger you got less of it but you're getting less of a bigger pie and so that's how I did eventually, because I was like, how, how do I structure this? That like these six gyms, they're all kind of spread out to the point where they're even like 30, 45 minutes apart. So they can't even like support each other. This person has to be bought in and they can't need Dustin on site. I'm going to go do what I do. Great. I'm going to pack these gyms out with leads and I'm going to swamp the system. And I, that's where I add value as the, the CEO. But like, how can I get someone in the facility? And I eventually had to go down that profit share model. And I had to say, okay, if I give them ceilings and i give them a flat hourly like they'll just always have that check out but they will start saying hey this cleaner comes weekly i'll just pick up two days you know a week a month we don't need her every week she'll just come twice and they just started being solution-minded like hey the team's asking to replace the bands but like you know it, we can wait another month and they just started acting like an owner and the only switch i turned on was profit share and so that made me realize okay this is how i'm going to get the next level of talent and the next level of buy-in from people and also it was rewarding that they kind of were, you know, I call them like phantom partnership. I didn't put it on paper. They didn't, they were not, you know, legally in any way a partner in the business. I just chose to give them profit share. But when I gave them that phantom ownership, they acted differently. And so like that, that, you know, kind of really turned that on to my eyes and my awareness. I'm like, okay, this is how I need to do things for definitely higher tier kind of roles, and managers, you know. Absolutely, getting people to buy in and to see it, you know, take that level of ownership. Um, that's a great solution. Okay, so take us from the six gyms to the next phase. So uh, basically, the, the you know, like it, it's funny. I'm retracing my steps, like almost falling breadcrumbs. The the next thing I kind of came across was okay. I got these these managers in. Their profit shared. Life is good. But now the next problem in the business is I have this role I call then an administrative assistant. They sat at the front desk and they're doing dialing, kind of like we were bringing up Todd. They're doing appointment setting. They're selling trial programs. They're selling six-week challenges that we keep selling. But that keeps getting neglected. That keeps getting procrastinated on. There's all these other things they're doing around. They know like they're organizing the gym and they're talking to clients at the front desk. And that's stuff that needs to get done. But in my opinion, that's like the end of the day stuff. We need to sell trials. This is your priority. And so I, I then took ownership, you know, well, I set them up to fail. There is loud music. There is a coach yelling on the mic. There is people interrupting them and stopping at the desk. So I can't just point the finger at them. I put them in this failure environment. So I'm going to do a test. I'm going to go hire her to, uh, back in 2017 about these crazy things called virtual assistants. And so I'm going to go hire someone remotely to do these sales and I'm going to see what they can do. And so immediately in that first month, I did it at a test at one location they got 3x more trial sales at that location than the admin did, who was actually one of my best admins. And the only reason, in my opinion, was they had focus. They had one role, they, had, they were in a quiet work from home environment, they had a headset, they had a power dialer, and they had focus, and they were hungry, right? I, I did vet that I wanted someone really hungry. I let them go, gave them the leads, and boom, they produced. And so I'm telling all my gym owner, buddy, guys, I, it's best things since sliced bread, you got to get on board, everybody get a sales rep. No, that's weird. You know, like I'm used to seeing my team in my gym. You know, they have the brick and mortar mindset. My gym, my team is here. I see them here. This is weird. A remote person? No way. No one's listening until COVID hits. 
And then now everyone's texting me and they're like, where did you find these people? And how did you hold them accountable? And how did you train them? I don't like, I need to do this. We need sales. And now we're working remotely. We're training our clients through Zoom. And now we need to sell through Zoom. And so that's where I saw this opportunity. And I, you know, eventually went into a B2B offering, which was now, is it still is, called gym reinforcements. And so what we do is we place sales reps into the gym and they do all their lead nurture. They do the calls, the texts, the emails, their social media DMs and move them into an appointment um, and, and you know, either do appointment setting or they close them over the phone if the price is not, you know, too incredibly high. They, they can close. Usually we find our price point is about $300 or less for the skill set of our team. When people come to me and they're like, we want them to be high ticket closers. We're like, you need someone that's got industry specific knowledge. So for you, you know, the listeners are going to hurt a lot of coaching. You need someone that's got deep knowledge in that. Like that's really hard to train up from cold. Like they know nothing about the industry. They know nothing of the offer. What tends to work well is it's a student who got amazing results and that conviction will come out on that sales call. They're like, this program changed my life. Here's why you need this coach. They're going to change your life. And they're almost like a salesman crossed over with a testimonial. Like those are great high ticket closers or someone who's done high ticket closing and now they're just changing companies. They're like, I closed there, now I'm gonna apply my skill set here. So we're always giving up as business owners time or money, but you could say, I'm gonna hire this person because they're cheaper, but you're gonna have to give them a lot of time because they have no experience. And so you're saving money where you're giving time or I'm gonna pay more, but I'm getting factory installed skill sets. I'm giving up more money to get my time back. I don't wanna train them a lot. Like I want them to know they're do what they're doing. So. Uh, so that's kind of the next company I evolved into is called Gym Reinforcement. So, yeah. Okay. I like that. And I, I've seen that even just with our hires within our team and our organization. Yeah. All of the people that we were brought to us who didn't have firsthand experience with us or didn't know us beforehand, they were brought by an organization or, or whatever. Um, they didn't have that that buy-in. They didn't know us or what we we're about. They eventually faded out of the program, whether by their choice or ours, <laughs> as being a part of our team member, a uh, part of our team. And the best, the people who've who've done amazing with us, they were actually like people from our sphere, people who had personal experience with us, people who had been through our program, um, and they they've experienced us. They know who we are. We, they know who our hearts are, where our values are, and they're amazing and now we have a, a, a we've got a small but awesome group of people that we work with and we're completely aligned in in every way and it's and they're able to actually authentically speak to our our people because they've they've had those firsthand interactions and knowledge with us and our programs and everything over the years which um has been really helpful in building our team and and so yeah i i, I would urge any coaches or anybody to start in your client base like they love you and then if they can find out they can work with you and and probably get like you know a sneak behind the curtain and then they can make money from selling something they love like that's what all these you know really high level companies have done just in their own way whether it's an M mlm or you know a, a company giving you an affiliate code saying you if you love us send this out we'll pay you all companies got that and so it's just like how do you can you make it work for your model Find the people who adore you, they love you, they're your evangelist, and give them, you know, an opportunity to make great money and to be able to sell a product they believe in. That's that, that's a blessing for a lot of people. So, what are some of the challenges that you face in in this this transition now into the B two B offer and um, have yeah some of those growing pains you've been through? It, it definitely came down to culture. Like again, running theme. Um, now I have to learn to create an online culture because I, I'm, I got good at doing it in person. And basically what we're doing now is, is like how online companies create culture. It's like how much time we spend on zoom. It's our Slack. It's our, you know, like finding ways to create that kind of office chatter without us having an office to go to. And so, um, you know, something that's pretty cool. Like we have where org chart is, we have a team leader who's like a sales manager. They have like 10 sales reps they oversee and we got, you know, multiple team leaders. But one of them came up with a cool idea where they're like, I just have like war room Zoom open, which means Zoom is open all day, which you can you can jump in at any moment and know I'm there and I can talk to you and then you can bail out and go do your sales calls. But not having to slack me, just like that extra effort. Hey, you got 10 minutes. Okay, send me the Zoom link. Okay, all day. She's just like, this is my war room Zoom. It is open all day, jumping in at any time. So like that's online culture. And so that made her team feel supported 
sometimes they're just hanging out and talking in between sales calls. But like that, that's what I think is a challenging part when you have an online company is not getting too disconnected because it's really easy to, you, you got to, you got to purposely plan it. And then, you know, around the holidays, we planned a, um, a, an escape, an online escape room. And so the whole team was broken up into different and it was like, we're all racing to see who can solve the puzzle. And so we plan those at least a couple times a year because if we can't get everyone together and go down to the local bar and have a drink or whatever. So we got to plan like game night, the online version because our team all around the world, right? Um, so that that would be the next thing that I think is like, okay, I knew what everyone's doing. You're selling, get on the phone, sell. But like now, how do we make this like a happy, positive place that you want to stay around and sell, sell for a long time? It's then putting energy into culture. So that was like a next I'd say uh, peg in the in the ladder at a large like how do you do online culture right that's a whole different game so um, so yeah that that was that and then what we eventually added to was we realized that our sales reps biggest like hurdle was not enough leads coming in and the owners not having a good agency to refer to and I felt dangerous enough with ads based on what I do in my gyms that I was like I think I could do an agency and do a good job so we tacked that on as a second tier service offering is we'll do digital marketing because then it feeds our sales to sell better for you. Um, again, this is, I, I think, a wrong mindset a lot of business owners have is like, oh my God, our database has a ton of leads. Can you just bring your sales rep in and just work that? We're not going to run ads. And it's like, how old are these leads? How warm are they? Have you not reached out to them in months or years? Like, we're not magic makers. Like, you need to do both. Yeah, I think that's really important because we've seen it so many people in our space feel like, well, that setters can fix things and yes. they don't have to like fix lead gen. And it's like, no, you couldn't even afford to hire a setter because you don't have enough leads so that they can actually get paid. Like this just isn't going to work. I think that's that's a, a great add-on to, to what you're doing. So is it still Facebook ads that you're doing or are you expanding to other types of online and platforms. Yeah, we're, we're looking at TikTok ads now. Like we're playing more in that. The, when I first looked at it, they didn't get down targeted enough. Like they went down to county. It was like state and county. And like, you know, if you're in LA County, I mean, there's like 20 cities within LA County. There's no way. So then recently they did allow it to go down a little bit layer, uh, another layer deeper. So we are starting to test those out and they, they seem to be working good. So I'm getting excited about that. And I don't know if you guys encounter the same thing, but I feel like some of the worst leads I'm getting now are Facebook on the lead form ads because I, in my opinion, they're just, it's just the easiest to, to opt in and it requires no effort. It's literally two taps on the phone, right? It's the learn more button and then Facebook auto populates their name, phone number, and email and then submit. So it's tap, tap. And when you're qualifying a lead, one of the ways to qualify them is through effort. And so it's price and it's effort. So if I have to fill out an application that I actually have to type in answers and there's seven of them or there's two or there's none, you're going to get a different quality of lead based on how much you make them work, right? And then maybe there's a qualifying call and then I finally get to go to the discovery call. Well, at that point, I feel like I ran a marathon. I want this, right? And like, it's now almost like you flip the tables. You got someone like dying to buy from you because they've ran through your gauntlet. And when it's so easy, you get a ton of leads, but you're going to be doing a lot of sifting to find that goal, right? So um, so that's something that I've learned the more and more I've done marketing. And Facebook's been around. There's more marketers. There's more rules on it. And so you kind of got to find out what's working. But for me, the lead forms, unfortunately, the, the quality has gone down heavily. So we're, we're trying to explore other avenues. Well, the other thing with the lead forms is that it, originally what it would do is it would take the the information that you use to sign up for Facebook with, so your name, your email, your phone number. And, and so originally that information was good. But if you ever change it, like if you fill out a form and you put in a fake name, you put in a fake email, you put in a fake number, every time you fill out another form, it pre-populates what you put in the last time. So if all you got to do is put fake information in there once and it's going to pre-populate that fake information every other you know, lead form that you do from there. So that's kind of something that's also helped to create the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, I kind of call it like the Thanos snap when uh, Apple allowed everybody to turn off being targeted. And so like overnight, 40% of the people disappeared. And so that made marketers jobs harder and, you know, more difficult too. So that's the game. You know, every platform has a tick ticking clock over it. It, it will not work forever. And instead of getting caught up and remember what happened yesteryear, you just got to adapt and overcome and 
it's still a blessing compared to what everyone had to do back in the day with print ads as their only way of getting customers and sending mailers and billboards and yellow pages. It's like, nope, I'll still take all the pains that go with digital marketing now because uh, it's still much better. I think that's one thing that people, I've said it many times, is the one thing that's constant about the internet is that it's always changing, right? And that means all the platforms are always evolving, things are always adjusting. And so as business owners, it's you can't just set it and forget it and feel like whatever you're doing right now will work forever for your business or get you, you know, help you to scale forever to wherever you want to go. It's going to change. Whatever's working now is not going to work forever. You need to always be innovating, testing, checking things out and keep growing because, I mean, you get paid for the level of problems that you're solving, right? And so as you continue to grow, it's going to be more problems and bigger things that you've got to figure out. And so get used to it at the beginning because you're always going to be a problem solver. That's what it really means to be an entrepreneur. I'm curious about your your boot camp. So you you said, how much did that cost to, to register for that? So yeah, basically the challenge, we would do $200 for six weeks and then it would switch into 150 for your monthly membership. So it actually came across as a downsell to continue with us versus most people say, hey, I'm doing you know, seven days for 20 bucks or seven days for $7 and then join my membership. It's 150. There's this giant gap. And so then you get way more sales resistance and harder conversion. So I'd rather charge more for your on-ramping service and then downsell you into reoccurring. Gotcha. And and as far as the the traffic, the Facebook ads uh, to get a registrant, how much did you pay to get to get somebody to to purchase, uh, you know, a, a registration for that challenge? Oh, I mean, when I was doing grand openings, like it was 10 grand, I would drop and then, you know, I would get a thousand leads. And then from there, there'd be anywhere from 100 to 300 people that would pay on the page. And so, you know, whatever that, that math breaks down to per, per registration, but then it changes when you get into ongoing kind of like business, like operation, like the grand openings, always this big, sexy number. It's you're the new flavor in town. The numbers always work to your favor. Kind of when a business or gym owner at least goes more into like month to month operation, they usually spend anywhere from two to four thousand in ad spend, and then from there they're going to get a uh, hundred to one hundred and fifty leads, and then they're going to bring that down into anywhere from twenty to forty challenges, and so it kind of gets cut down, you know, uh, as you continue. But at that point, you're just continuing the grand opening cycle, and you're slowly building up the business with new new bodies coming in. And, you know, one of the things that can apply, you know, in, in, in the coaching or any business is a lot of times we're so antsy to get the MRR that we want to give a very short trial experience, but the customer and the, and the business are always carrying more burden. One's carrying more burden than the other. And so the thing I like to point to is like Costco, like they say you can come back and return anything with the receipt lifetime. Like you bring your treadmill back from the eighties. If you got a treadmill, do they carry a lot of burden? Yes. But does their stock continue to climb? Do they keep opening new locations? Do they have the highest like you know happiness rating with their employees? So it looks like to me the burden is paying off, and a lot of times it shows your confidence how much burden you're willing to carry as a business owner. So you know for us we'd say the six week challenge it is going to auto enroll into membership, but you can cancel that anytime during your six weeks and your whole first month if you don't love it. We call it the love it or leave it guarantee. If you don't love it, we'll we'll cancel you out. There's no penalty penalty to cancel begins on month two. So you have 10 weeks to figure out, do I love this place? Like the, we, we will carry that much burden. And so what I see a lot of businesses do is like, you know, Hey, um, you know, or like just a really weak guarantee, you know, like we'll give you seven days to back out or, you know, 30 day money back guarantee. Like why are you not going to 90? Like, do you not believe in yourself that much? You know? So there's any offer the customer or the company is carrying the burden. If you're good at what you do, the company should carry more of the burden. I know that they want to put it on the customer and show, show you're committed, put your money where your mouth is. But at the end of the day, they're thinking to themselves, you're, you're so good. Why are you not backing it up more? Right? Like you should be very confident. And so that is where we kind of, when we're building our offers need to think, am I really showing the client with a safety net with my, with my, my guarantees and my offers that they're, they're good to come on board with me. I'm going to take good care of them. I, and if you don't have that, that's okay. Don't give out a false claim. Don't give a false guarantee, but lower your price because your value is not worth a higher price right now. You're, you're learning. You're, you know, it's like when I was a trainer, I trained people for free and I drove to their home. So I'm losing money on gas. 
But what I got was their transformation photo. I trained them three months for free. The client's down 40 pounds. I put that on social media. Who wants to work with me? Now I have more business that I know what to do with because I, I put in the grind to earn. And so, you know, I had an agency owner come up to me the other day. He's like, hey, how do I grow my business? I said, you need to go find 20 clients and service them for a month for free and live with your mom. And that's okay. And then once you have amazing screenshots where you're showing you're getting $5 leads and you're flooding their business, now you have your marketing material and you can go and you can charge, again, a smaller fee, build up more testimonials, and then go to the bigger fee and back it up with a guarantee. Because you're like, I've been doing this a long time and look at my track record, right? So, um, so yeah, that, that's what I would say, no matter what industry you're in, when you're building that offer, that's what helped me was, and to get good cost per lead and good conversions was always like a really strong offer with a great guarantee that took the burden off of the customer. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say those transformation photos too are, are like the thing that really just tips it over the edge. That is like so key in being able to command a higher price and a premium price for, for what you do. Because that's that's the social proof, right? Because you can say anything you want about your service and what you're going to do and all that, but the proof is when somebody else says it. When somebody else shows the proof and they bring the receipts and they've got the before and the after pictures and it's in their own words and you know you, you screenshot the, the Facebook post or whatever that is or the or the, uh, the email that they sent, um, that is marketing gold and it is it is just. Hundred percent. The, the the exponential value of that going forward in your business is just immeasurable, because you, you can use that forever. You can always command that higher price for as for as long as you're in business. And and to your point, we systemized that. So like my whole gym, it was I had three full layers of before and afters. It was like eye height, then forehead height, and then like above your head. Like it was crazy. And so people walked in, they knew this this place gets results. This is the standard. This is expected. This is not something if I want to, I came here because I need to transform. But what we did at the end of the challenge, we used to have these bingo cards where you get to punch them. If you did three workouts and then another one was for nutrition. And then the other one we put in a marketing task. So it was like, give us a five-star review, bring a buddy to a workout. But the final one was give us your after photo. Because when I didn't incentivize them, by the way, when they blocked out their bingo card, they got put into a raffle to win a free month of boot camp. Everybody got me their afters and I, it was systemized. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to worry about it. So for you guys, you got a coaching program. I know a lot of coaches have like an accelerator or an onboarding, you know, eight week get started, put some sort of incentive at the end of the eight week that they screenshot how much money they brought in because they took, you followed your coaching or the transformation of your health coach before and after, but like put some sort of raffle or gift or incentive that feeds you those marketing materials to your points on. And, you know, one of them that worked really well for us, and we still do for gym reinforcements is we say, Hey, when we make you 10 K, would you do us a favor? Or would you make, you know, it's called UGC user generated content. Would you make just a selfie on your phone? Just shouting us out. It could be a minute or less. That's fine. Those are my best ads. Like I take that and I guess I've been working with gym reinforcements and you know, six weeks, they may be 10 grand. I'm not going to say I'm awesome because to your point, everyone knows the owner and the team, they're all going to say that they get paid to say that. But what is this person as a third party? Like they don't get paid anything. That's why we read the five-star reviews on Amazon and Yelp because we want to say, what are real people saying? Not what's the paid people saying. So that to your point, like systemize it though, make it easy because it can be frantic when you're trying to pop this up throughout the, the calendar year. Like what is my systemized way to co co collect UGC and five-star reviews, and and that way I, my marketing game's easier and stronger. Yeah. Uh, another one or a good example of this is like uh, with ClickFunnels and their two comic club, right? I mean, it's anybody who's made money with their funnel, and, and I think they don't even have, it's not even like seven figures in a year. It's like seven figures total. So, I mean, the the, the threshold is not exactly that high, and, and they just, they give these out, they make you take a photo with them, you know, and it's like, and they've got just hundreds of these things and that's that's their social proof and and so whenever somebody sees that on their page it's like wow you know all these million dollar earners uh, are using click funnels genius yep <laughs> so every company needs to come up with their own version of that you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 100%. so what are some of the biggest wins that you've had for your clients now on the b2b side yeah i mean for me some of the most rewarding honestly like money to, to make the money is great but i think for me it's time, especially as a parent. So I totally get Leah. I got a nine and 11 year old. They're running around here 
And so, um, you know, one of the things that actually came through recently is an owner said, one of my favorite things about working with junior reinforcements is like, I can have focused time with my son and I'm not worried about, am I missing a leap or am I, you know, like letting someone slip through the cracks? Cause it's my belief. And, you know, obviously I got a horse in the race, but I don't think most businesses need more leads. I think they need better lead and nurture. Like that's where most businesses fail. And so, um, you know, if you ask any business owner, they, somebody has slipped through the cracks recently. No one's a hundred percent, but it's about reducing the error on that. And, and think about that. Like I, I say, you know, when I'm, when I'm teaching or giving a talk, like leads are leads are lives and sales are saves. And so a, a lead is literally a life that chose to raise their hand and say, I need help. They're drowning their heads underwater, their hands above water. They're saying, throw me a life ring. And when you sell them, in my opinion, you save them because I bet for every person that has an offer, a coach, a service, you know of somebody that has like a scammier offer and they, and they, they will fall prey to them if you don't save them because you failed to follow up and do lead nurture and get them in your program. Because we know every day, I know in fitness, it's the shake weight, right? It's the fat teas and coffees. It's the waist trimmers. Like I know my customer will fall prey to that. Maybe she'll get a tummy tuck. I don't know, but I will feel bad because she won't get the habits to keep it up. She'll just gain it back. Like she, she thinks that. So again, I think most of my clients in my gyms are women and, and, you know, I kind of co-ed with gym reinforcements, but that's what I get excited about is like, I want to save people from something scammy because you brought it up earlier. There's a lot of guys out there promising appointments that are going to pack out your calendar. People are getting scammed left and right. So if you have something that you know I'm ethical, I'm good at what I do, I will deliver on my promise, it's my duty to get this in as many people's hands as possible. And that's why I can't let them slip through the cracks. So for me, like that, that's the big rewarding thing is time and knowing they're not having people slip through the cracks. I think that's so important for people to understand. It was a big shift, I know, for myself years ago was on like because i was a nurse right i went i was a, a nurse very much about serving people helping people and then we got into this business thing and and i mean i was learning kind of how to sell and i was kind of you know but i was very timid about the whole sales process and i had a coach and he's he he was coaching me when i and i my closing rate was horrible it was like it was not good um and he goes, do you be, do you believe what you're offering is good and i'm like well absolutely look at what it's done for Todd and i da, 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 like huge like total yes absolutely it's good stuff okay do you believe that this will help people yeah first like they 100 was so you realize when you fail to close them you're feeling them it's not about feeling you you're feeling them they were the ones that needed help and you failed to provide it and i was like <laughs> yeah yeah and it was a big shift for me and knowing like it's in our space, yeah, lots of scammy, weird stuff that goes on in our space, right? And I know that if we don't have our processes lined up, if we aren't serving to our highest capacity, if we are dropping the ball one way or the other, they will absolutely buy something for probably twice as much and it will they will not be served. They will not grow their business. They will be another number in someone's bank account. They're not going to, no one's going to care of, of what's going on. They're not going to get results. And so I think I challenge all of our listeners today to let that sit with you a little bit because that's a really powerful mindset shift to force you to get real, to get real about your marketing, to get real about your follow-up processes and systems, to get real about your closing abilities. Because if you fail to close these people and you have a heart of service, you truly can and will help them, you're failing them. A way that I even think about it beyond that is like it could also be the bridge that burns them from wanting to just quit entirely like i i thought if a client came and had a bad experience in my gym she just might give up on weight loss and gyms overall she might say you are number three i had a failure gym one two and three i'm done like i'm not i'm done trying to lose weight and so if you're a business coach and they've been burned burned and then they don't get follow up by you they might say screw this business thing this is too hard so like what if your relationship is that critical thing that literally makes them keep going that that that's the big part to remember right you you just can keep somebody going are you going to get them to their final goal no a lot of times we're just like a nudger just moving you to your next level to to the next person that's going to take you to the next level but i don't want to be the place where people go to quit because they had a bad experience so yeah let that be your conviction <laughs> absolutely so 
what kind of results are you getting with uh, within your own business? Like, how are you bringing in your clients? What is that looking like? How have you grown? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's three pronged approach. Like, definitely paid ads. I'm gonna obviously need to use what I'm preaching to other people. So we're targeting gym owners. We're getting in front of them with paid ads. It's usually about the UGC of gym owners saying that they're having a great experience, and then me speaking from the heart, saying, "Hey, I know what you're going through. Here, you know, here, here's where you you need help." And so, um, so that's number one. Number two, it's the stuff that happens more middle of the funnel. Like I call that like more top of funnel, get people's awareness. Now, definitely, I'm very, very consistent with email and text blasts, and so uh, delivering value with content blows my mind how many people are not sending emails and I'm, I'm like oh my god you're sitting on a gold mine like and and again if you're if you're playing the new ads train like you can get caught up on the new leads of the week and then you can forget about the ones literally from last month but i promise you they have not solved their problem just 30 days ago like you know like they still need help but you're failing to reach out to them so definitely lots of emails and texts get people to, to you know raise their hand and book a call with us and then third, it's just valuable content. You know, it's podcasts. Um, you know, I, I have a podcast that's more like for gym owners called The Fitness Empire Show. We have uh, free workshops and trainings and webinars. So we'll pick one niche topic and we'll do a you know, 30 to 60 minute training on that. Cut that up into one minute clips. And then just giving done for you resources, you know, like those hand raising posts like, hey, I have seven tech scripts that have been crushing it for gym owners. Who wants it? And so like that's a hundred comment post all day long. And so at the end of the day, it's just solving problems. I was even a coach at gym owner. They're like, I don't know what to post. I get frozen when it's time to make content. What do I film? What do I do? And I just say the biggest litmus test is, is this going to solve someone's problem? And I said, we all probably have in our head, we want to make this resource library internally, but we're building it behind a paywall. Like, oh, when you're a customer, I'm going to solve all your problems, but take some of that and just put it out to the world and they're they're still going to pay you because you've demonstrated your your value. So I was just like, every content piece you make, just ask yourself, is this solving a problem for somebody? And when you think of all the problems your customers have, you have an endless supply of ideas for content. And so today I'm going to help, you know, and if you don't know, you can't think of any, for two days, write down every question you get from clients or from discovery calls. And there's your just all your content you need. But like, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a, And then from every problem, there's probably three sub problems. So if you made a content for every one of those, you would never run out of content ideas. So for me, it's just high value content that solves problems, you know, paid ads, and then email and text blasts or how we're acquiring customers. So brag on yourself for a minute. Like how long have you been doing the B2B offer? What does that have grown into for you? Yeah. So we started in 2020. Again, COVID is when everyone started hitting us. We just hit three year anniversary, December last year. We've collected for the for the fitness industry, I'm proud to say, $8 million in trials and challenges, you know, so that's paid out to all the gym owners. We don't keep that. That's us collecting money in their CRM, but that feels good that, you know, we're, we're adding that value to the industry. Um, and so, you know, we employ almost 100 people, um, you know, 90% are overseas, you know, the, in the Philippines. Those are all of our sales reps. And then, you know, we do have the leadership team here stateside. And then, um, you know, basically we branched off into treating it as almost two different companies. We have a head of the marketing agency driving it as its own business. And then we have a person driving the lead nurture business as its own. So, so th that's it. We've, uh, we're, we serve over 200 gyms across the U S three countries, Canada and, you know, um, UK, which we've worked with and, uh, franchises that are household names like F45 and Orange Theory and Nine Round and I Love Kickboxing and, you know, all the FBBC and Burn Bootcamp and then independent gyms where, you know, a guy just decided to open a train, you know, a trainer, a guy or gal decided to open their own spot. Um, so we've served both. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's what we've done in that three year period. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. So what are your next plans? Like what's, how do you plan to grow and, and build from here? Yeah. So I, we've talked a lot about it today. It's definitely putting the right butts in the seats. So it's hiring experts for the most part in, in business to this point. I've always known more than the person and I've led them. I want to now hire people to lead me. So the, the marketing guy I'm bringing in to run the marketing agency, he blows me out of the water. He, he was showing me things that go high level. I had no idea about. He was showing me how to run TikTok ads because I've honestly never done them. And he was showing me how to do it. He's shown me, you know, advanced strategies for Facebook. I was just like, 
yes, profit share for you because you know more than me and you deserve it. And like, I'm following you. I like, I'll have an opinion, but we're going to be following your lead. And now it's doing that in the recruiting department to make sure we only bring the highest quality sales reps and setters. And then it's doing it in the sales department to help bring on basically that department needs to just be more. We need more setters and more closers just multiplied. And then, you know, the customer success team, making sure we deliver on our promise and we're implementing a fast cash strategy where we want to get an owner 10 K in sales in 30 days or less. And so we're getting all of our most winning campaigns so that, that they're very satisfied. And again, we, we have that, you know, high satisfaction when they come on board. So it's just putting someone in all those departments that knows more than me, that's been in a bigger company than us. So they can just operate from memory and drag us up. They're like, Oh, you know, Hey, that's great. You guys are in a $3 million company. I was in a $10 million company. Let me show you what we did there. And just like pull us up instead of me trying to think of all the strategies, how we could get there. It's like, actually, I don't know because I've never been there. So I I'm lying if I say that. And you know, that was something I liked from Alex Hermosi said recently he said, if you have imposter syndrome, it's because you, you are an imposter. Like it, there is no way to cure it. Someone's like, how do I get over it? He's like, you should feel like an imposter on most things, because most things you're figuring it out for the first time. You are an imposter. So once you've got reps and you've done it, you then can replace it with confidence. Until you've done it, you will always be an imposter. So I'm admitting to that and hiring people because I don't want to be the blind man trying to lead the team. I want people who've been to the promised land and just say, take me there, right? So, yeah. I really can appreciate that um, sentiment and and hiring, getting to the stage where you're now hiring the people um, just that can lead and, and be more advanced than you are. It's, um, there's a challenge with being a, an entrepreneur and building this up and being the go-to for everything. You only have so much energy in your battery. So, yeah. Absolutely. So what, what's the best way for people to connect with you if they want to, if they want to find you online? Yeah. So, I mean, if they happen to be in the fitness industry, I don't know how many there are out there. Go to gymreinforcements.com and we can help you guys out uh, if you know, you're know you in the fitness industry. If not, then um, follow me on Instagram and uh, just search my name, Dustin Bogle, go to Facebook. Um, but those are places that I'm the most busy. And I, I do blend now fitness gym owner content, which is general business content. So there'll be stuff that'll be there. And, you know, like we did today, I try to like always explain things so that it can apply to all industries. But I tend to use fitness as an example because that's what I know. That's where my confidence comes from. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me and hope the listeners got value. You've been listening to the Digital Trailblazer podcast. For show notes and information about today's guest, head to digitaltrailblazer.com. Now, if you love this episode, if you got some value, make sure you leave us a review and subscribe. And be sure to share this episode with anyone you know who could use help to build their business. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.